Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Hello there, friends. Welcome to another episode. I'm really, I love doing these so much because I think that it is showing people that everyone's feelings are valid and very similar when it comes to pivoting, when it comes to getting out of your comfort zone, when it comes to um, just growing in general, not just within your business, but as a person. I think a lot of times that we look at what others are doing and we think that maybe they have something that we don't have, but at the end, we're all the same and we all go through um, the same self-doubt and it's just how you look at it and how you decide to um, switch up your mindset um, and um, persevere and keep going. So today I'm talking with Laura Simons and um, this is a great conversation of just that because she is a hairstylist of 18 years and she's now a coach for um, established stylists who really just want to up level in their business, um, which also helps up level into their lives. So please enjoy. Hi, Laura. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good. So tell everybody listening um, a little bit about who you are. Well, I am first and foremost a hairdresser. I've been doing that for 18 years, believe it or not. It's, it's come and gone really fast. And I um, recently stepped into my own salon suite ownership. So I have a small team that I manage. So I work in the salon. And then I also love to educate and coach other hairstylists. So I love wearing many hats in our industry. And the deeper that I've gone down the rabbit hole of educating and empowering and inspiring, the more I fall in love with what I get to do. So um, I feel like I work a lot, which is probably (laughs) something that I need to address, but it's something I also am so passionate about. It doesn't feel like work to me. Well, so I was going to ask you, when you say you feel like you work a lot, like not necessarily a burnout feeling, just more so like I have a lot of hats and enjoy them. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, I've done a really good job with compartmentalizing the work behind the chair versus the work with coaching versus the work with educating. Um, and it's something that I feel that, you know, we can always adjust and and pivot what we're doing, but I I don't feel the, I personally don't feel the burnout. I think some people are like, why do you do it all? Or how do you do it all? But I feel like when it's a different level of passion, it just kind of, it's fun to me. It's very fun. 
when you enjoy what you do, it's, it's not a job necessarily. No, no. My husband's like, you're on the computer again. I go, well, I'm making something really fun right now. So right? <laughs> don't mess with me. <laughs> <laughs> so you um, just went into your suite, correct? Yes. I opened my suite six months ago and it's, it honestly, it's really interesting that process. I think for me, the timing was perfect, even though I, I had one of my peers who works in a suite next to me. She's like, why did you wait so long? And I knew I didn't take it offensively, but I think for some, they think that's just naturally the next step when you've been doing it for a long time. Why didn't you do it sooner? And I think for me, it was really going through the evolution of really understanding myself and I loved, I thrived in commission salons and that was something that I enjoyed growing in. I enjoyed mentoring. I started mentoring in my first commission salon after year one, because I really loved the program I went through. So I saw a lot of value in commission salons. And I think with everything that happened recently with COVID and the shutdown, it really had me reassess my business and think like, okay, what, what is it that I need now versus supporting someone else's dream? So you were in commission before you went to a suite. Yeah. For 17 years. Okay. So we have a similar story. I was 15 years and then I went into a suite and I said, I would never, I never wanted to be my own boss. Like I never wanted to be in a suite. I never wanted to even booth rent. And it was just one day it was like, no, yes, I do. Like, <laughs> Yep. It was kind of the same way. I actually, so I drank the juice for a long time, meaning like you're told these stories of what a booth rent is and how unprofessional it is. And it's not like the traditional way of doing business. And so I always had this fear of like, okay, well, anyone who does that isn't professional. That's the story I told myself. And when I had the time to take obviously eight weeks away from being behind the chair, I had already been thinking about things prior to that. At the same time, it really gave me a lot of distance to see what it is I wanted. And my first thought was let's open a salon on the and I was like, well, that's a terrible idea right now. Let's reassess this. <laughs> and my husband was like, well, maybe you should look at working for yourself in a suite. And I literally said, no, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. It's, I don't want to work in a box. Like the whole, every, you know what people tell you you're going to do. So I did my research. I looked, I found something that felt really good to me. And that's when I dove into it. So it was definitely a combination of a feeling and empowering myself to do it and changing the narrative that was told to me. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like I know around here, suites are somewhat new. They're like maybe five, six years new in my area. Um, and I felt the same. Like it, I, I had seen like what a suite was in other places and it, it was like a downgrade in my mind for some reason, which is really strange. Like nobody ever told me that, that like, it was just like this weird, like, oh, well, I, I don't know. Like, why do you think that that is like, was looked down upon. Cause it definitely is not anymore. I think that that's a really great question. I was <laughs> told that story. Like I said, I was actually told that story. Were you told by the owner of your commission salon? Yes, yeah. I was. And you know, looking back at that to me, it's, it's coming from a place of fear, not a place of love. And I really do my best to kind of differentiate when people are speaking from fear. Like I can't attach myself to their opinions but I think that people see that because when you do step away and you do your own thing, you're not a part of a culture anymore or a team. Therefore, you know, you have the ability to not go to classes. You have the ability to do whatever it is you want. And that's when quote unquote, the unprofessionalism can happen, which I'm not going to say that doesn't happen. I think it does. But at the same time, that's not my problem. That's their business. That's what they choose to do. Right. But it's been really empowering to look at what I created and built and sustain through, especially what just happened. 
Um, and I really, I, I'm not like, a, I'm not the type of style that's going to walk around and say, everyone must be independent. Cause I think it has to be on your own timing and it has to be something that feels best to you. Cause it's a lot of freaking work. Like it's, yeah, I don't think everyone's built for it. Yeah, I agree. I think some people really do thrive in a team. Right. And it's funny too, because, um, I felt like I found more of a community after I got in my suite than I did when I was in the commission salon. Cause the commission salon, it's like, you're almost forced to have this team that maybe you don't fully align with, you know? And then when you go out into a suite, it's almost like you can, you can pick and choose your community. You know, it's like a majority of my community now is not even local, you know, but they're all virtual. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it was, it started like that a couple of years ago, you yeah. know, but it's like, I wouldn't even be where I am now if it wasn't for these people that I, I really went out to find, you know, like, Hey, I align with you. Like we want the same things. Like let's chat. <laughs> you know, I agree. I agree. I can tell you. Oh my gosh. So I moved to Dallas seven years ago now and I started the salon because it felt familiar to me. It was commission. The, the owners were supporting me. And at the time I was full-time educating with hair dreams, which is an extension company and then working behind the chair. And I was at that time, newly married to my ex-husband. So everything was new and I needed to have coddling. Let's put it that way. But my team, like I was not accepted into that salon initially. It took me probably about two years to fully feel accepted and have a warm welcome. So it was really hard because I didn't feel understood. I didn't connect. I didn't have friends. It was very lonely and isolating. And I always was talking to either my husband or my best friend. Like I said, I just don't feel like I fit in here. Like, I don't really know what it is, what I'm missing, but we're just different people. I think differently. I operate differently. Even then I was told you do too much, stop traveling and doing educating. I'm like, wow, all these crazy people are just telling me to stop doing what I love to do. And it made me feel so different. And, you know, it took a lot of compromise on my behalf to really be okay to stay there as long as I did. And I'm not painting a bad picture. Like I really did take a lot of education and I grew a lot in that space. But at the same time, I look back and I realize how much I compromised myself while I was there. And it really did prevent me from growing. Um, cause I can save the last six months I've slingshotted my growth uh, personally on such a deeper level. Right. It's interesting in a commission salon because it's like, you've got owners that want you to grow, but they want you to grow in a way that, that they, they want you to grow. Like they want you to grow within their walls, right? Like mm -hmm. don't grow too much where you're going to leave me. And then you you're working around people that like, it's a team, but it's still kind of competitive. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know about um, where you were working, but I know we had like, um, you know, competitions on selling product, which, you know, now I look at it and I'm like, that's like a horrible way to build a team. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're literally pinning each other against each other. Like, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, I feel like once you're out on your own and you can grow in a way that you want to, and there's not the stories that other people are telling you stuck in your head all the time. It's like kind of crazy. Now, yeah. when did you start coaching other stylists? So I started coaching other stylists, this timeline. I don't know why my timeline feels so weird. Um, <laughs> Cause I started with like my own stylist in my salon. So I started yeah. mentoring a small group of us in person. And that was probably two and a half years ago. And then it was the beginning of 2019 that I started doing group coaching online. Um, 
so 2020 was like, I went full force, like 2019, I was still discovering myself and I felt very uncomfortable. Cause I was like, I can't be seen. <laughs> right. Right. I didn't feel like I was good enough to do it. And all the, again, all these stories that were told to me, um, I actually had one of my former employers tell me that I wasn't likable enough to be a coach. So what? I had a lot of really heavy stories to work through um, that prevented me from showing up as quickly as I thought I wanted to. So that's why this story felt kind of muddled to me. Cause it's like, when did I really start? Um, so yeah, it's been a few years in the making and it's just, you know, I can't compare my journey to the next cause some people jump in and just have massive success. I think for me, it was finding my footing in my, and really understanding who I was first to feel confident to do it. Well, let's talk about jumping in and finding massive su- success for a second, because, you know, I'm in a similar, I'm, really just starting. I I say, I guess I'm like seven, eight months in. Right. And, um, people tell me all the time, Oh my God, you're doing so well. You look like you're doing so well. Like, and it's like, things are good, but me like as a human, the imposter syndrome is no joke. So it's like, we say, look at that person. Oh my God, look how quickly they have built this amazing business. But I don't know if that's true for them inside internally. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to necessarily post online like, oh my God, I really have no fucking idea what I'm doing. And I'm just going with the flow. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause at the beginning, that's really how you feel. Oh yeah. It's like, you know what you're doing, but like, you don't think you know what you're doing. Yes. I I can say I've probably hit that imposter syndrome every time I level up my business and push myself to grow in a different way. I'm like, what the fuck am I even doing? Like I'll be on a, I'll be on a group coaching call with my, with my stylist. And in my head, this narrative is going, do you even know what you're talking about? You sound like an idiot. And I'm talking as I'm thinking this, I'm like, and then I start questioning myself in the middle of talking. They don't know what's going on. And at the same time, I'm like, this is like the strangest, like, I feel like outer body experience that I'm having and it still happens every now and then it's very uncomfortable when it happens. I feel like I agree with you hundred percent because every time I get like a new opportunity, it's like, I'm a hot mess for like a week. It's like the anxiety just like takes over for no reason. Like I'll just be sitting there with my husband and my heart will just start beating. Cause I'll start thinking about it. And it's like, and I know I've, I've learned now that that means something good is usually going to happen mm-hmm. or I'm going to learn a lesson and that's good too. Um, but it still really sucks. <laughs> yep. yep. And it's like, I kind of want that to stop. <laughs> like, it doesn't though. And that's okay. Like I'm okay with that. I think I've, one of my former coaches shared with me, you just, you don't ever learn how to like, how did she put this? You don't learn to get over fear. You learn to work through the fear. So it's like taking those nerves and what do you do with it? Like, how do you use that in your, in a positive way to catapult you forward versus holding you back? Now, how do you, like you personally, like what, when you get that feeling, like kind of where do you go or what do you do mentally? I have to remind myself what I'm capable of. Like I remind myself, here's how far you've come. Like it's really, I, I lean into the celebrations of the things that I've done to get me to this place. So I take my, it's mindset work. So I, I coach myself yeah. <laughs> through that, to like not calm the nerves down, but to feel more confident that like, I do know what I'm talking about. Right. I have to remind myself that like, um, as long as I'm like a step ahead of who I'm helping, I can help them. You know, it's like, and if I don't know something, I'll figure it out to help them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, and the same, it's like, well, shit, like, look how far. I've, I've come so far. It's, is that's gratitude, isn't it? 
Yeah. I think it's yeah. gratitude. Like- <laughs> gratitude. It's, cel- it's celebrating you. I think that's the one thing I, with most of my coaching students that I work with is they don't celebrate anything. Like I just had a call yesterday with one of my students and she is crushing it. She, it's only been four months of working with her and to see the growth that she's made, the mindset shifts that she's made and the income that she's making with less hours, which is phenomenal for her. I'm like, do you see this? She's like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, I don't feel conviction in what you just said. And I think we don't take, we take for granted what we actually achieved. Like we say, we want to do this, we do it. And then we like make excuses for why it wasn't good enough. Right. We look too far in the future, I think. Mm-hmm. you know, rather than just sitting in where you're at at the moment and looking back a little bit, which is interesting. Cause I feel like you need to look back, but not too far. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like look how far you've come, but don't like dwell in the past too much either. I don't, don't know. If stuck. That's... Yeah. No, that's yeah. a really good point. Don't get yeah. stuck. And one thing in this, you guys are going to learn a lot about me. So aside <laughs> from coaching and I've worked with life coaches myself, I also keep myself in tune with a therapist who I saw yesterday. And I think Healthy people seek help. So I really am a big advocate I, I for that. I talk to mine every, once a month. Yep. yep. <laughs> and they were talking, we were talking yesterday about fantasies, like meaning we have this fantasy that we create for what we expect our lives to look and feel like with our partners, for ourselves, with our children. And then when things aren't met to our expectations, we feel like less than, like it didn't work out. Something went wrong. I did something wrong. And you sit in shame and you should sit in guilt and whatever sadness, depression comes up. And I think it's the same thing with our, with our dreams, with our businesses is that we have this fantasy of what it's supposed to look like. And even though we hit that goal, it didn't feel the way we thought it was going to feel. So then we go back to the fantasy that we thought it was supposed to be and we feel bad about it. Right. I think focus, I know for myself, I try and focus on how I want to feel. So now more than like what I think that I want. Yeah. Because of that exact reason. And I think 2020 really taught me that, you know, cause it's like, you know, I, 2020 just sucked so bad for me. Like <laughs> just because I feel, you know, I like to like control my environment and I've, I, for the, all these years, it's like, if I want something, I did it. And then 2020 was like a forced, like, you know, slap, like sit down and think for a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, And, um, And it's got, it really had me like, what do I really want? You know, do I want, like, you think you want this big business and it's like, you know what? I just want to be able to do what I want and make this amount of money. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want 27 employees and I don't want to serve thousands of people. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. I just want to serve those that are meant for me to make some nice money doing it and like be off by three 30 to get my son off the bus. If he ever goes back to school, <laughs> you, know, you know, and it's like, I, I think that we should try and chase our feeling, you know, more than necessarily this idea that we have in our head. Do you agree yeah. at all? That's a hundred percent. That's another tool that I was taught with my former coach is how do you want to feel like, what would your highest self feel like not only be doing, but like, what emotions are you embodying? Cause a lot of us hairdressers are very anxious. We deal with a lot of underlining things that we don't really reveal from the surface. And I can tell you for certain when my schedule is overwhelming and I feel like I can't catch my breath, I don't like the way I feel like that's not fun for me. And I think that it is about really focusing on who you are becoming amongst that process and less about the benchmarks of what you're supposed to be hitting based off what you think you're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Exactly. 
And especially if what you think you're supposed to be doing is what somebody else told you you're supposed to be doing or what you're seeing online. You know, I think social media, as much as I love it, I think that's one of the problems is like we look at what everyone else is doing and you just think that there's this natural timeline that you have to go with. And it's like, but if that doesn't align with you, then, then you don't have to do that. You know, Mm -hmm. like, do you, did you feel like, okay, commission, sweet, open a salon? Like, did you feel like that's kind of what you have to do? You know, I don't want to say it's what I have to do. Cause when I left, when I left the salon, the commission salon, my intention was to open a real salon, but then I had to take a step back to figure out how am I going to operate my salon? So I thought the suite was the next step in between. And now I'm actually at a place where I want to open a small boutique style salon, but I'm still really considering, is that what I really want? Like, do I want all of the responsibilities that come with that? So I feel that like to echo what you just said about 2020, it's allowed me to really reassess, like, what the hell is it that I want? Like, what do I really want my life to look and feel like? How much responsibility do I want? And it doesn't have to look the way my old self used to think it was. Right. So it's getting more curious about that and creating like this year for me is all about creating space. Like I want to chase my ambitions and I'm going to get to where I want to get, but it's probably not going to look the way I thought it did because I want to have more space. I don't want to feel like I'm constantly hustling and working and chasing. Like I really want to be in a place of just uh, presence mm-hmm. and allowing true, I don't know if you believe in manifesting, but just almost like having space to create and build and grow and manifest what it is that's supposed to happen, but still right. being intentional with it. Right. Well, it's interesting because I remember having conversations with friends in 2019 where it was like, I always felt like I needed to grow. And I kept saying like, when am I going to be done? Like, when am I going to say, this feels good, I'm done, you know? And because I like growing, like I like going to the next thing, like I'm an Aries, like I just, I don't know, it's just what I do. But like, you know, when when are you just going to go, okay, this is awesome, I'm going to sit in this. And then 2020 hit and it was like, okay, like I'm all about getting out of the comfort zone. Right. But like, when is it okay to say, you know what? I'm good here. Let me just step out a little bit. Okay. Now I'm good here. Let me just step out a little bit rather than constantly like jumping out of the airplane. If that makes sense, you know? Yes. Yes. That's well, I'm a Taurus and one I'm really, I'm, I'm very, I have a lot of Aries in my life and a lot of Leos. Like I'm attracted to these two personalities, which they're very much like, to me, they're similar, obviously differences. Um, but I'm a very like grounded human where I do take little steps at a time. I'm not the one to like jump in two feet or be the first to dive into the ocean at night. Like that's not my personality to do. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely echo that. Like I, I, that's how I am. And I like to try and push myself out of that comfort zone and be like, okay, so if I was a little more ambitious and I was less fearful, what would that look like? And how can I embody that? Right. Right. Now the people that you are working with now, like what are their struggles currently? Like just with coming out of, you know, 2020 into a new year that feels kind of the same. <laughs> like, I know, right? It's a continuation. What I saw a meme recently where it's like 2021 is 2020 with bangs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh like, yeah, that's an accurate statement. Um, <laughs> so far. So who knows what's going to come out of it? I actually just as I don't I actually, I hate to say it, but I actually really enjoyed 2020 only because not with what happened in the politics or what happened with in the world affairs. Cause those were just very heartbreaking things that happened. But at the same time, I enjoyed 
the opportunity to really reassess and pivot, um, which felt good for me. So kind of piggybacking on your question, most of the people that I'm working with right now are established hairdressers and they're all looking to create better flow and ease within their life, but still level up and scale their business. So some of them are working crazy amounts of hours, not charging enough money and wondering why they're burnt out. So it's navigating through the burnout and figuring out how to pivot and scale their business. Um, uh, let's say another girl is a lead. So she owns a salon and she's looking to pivot from being behind the chair so much so she can be a better leader for her team. Mm. So part of its mindset, part of its strategy, it's, it's definitely all people who are looking to grow and scale is who I specifically work with right now. Um, a lot of the girls, are they all like, how long have they been in the industry for the most part on average? I would say between, I'd say between like seven to like 15 years. It's funny because I feel like, and myself included, um, those of us who have been hairstylists for like a while, uh, like working with hairstylists who have been hairstylists for a while. <laughs> yes. It only I makes like sense. The new generation is different. Yeah. You know, um, they're, it, you know, social media, they grow faster. I feel like they're like, there's not a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you see that with newer stylists, like, because no, things are, I do. You know, so like- especially working in like my previous salons where I was, I was one of the, uh, I can't speak right now. The, tr- the educator with the assistant. So I worked with a lot of really brand new talent for many, many years. And one, their skill set surpasses mine when I first came out of beauty school by far. They're so talented at what they do. At the same time, they're so confident in what they think they know. So they're not really open to having constructive criticism as much. So I had to learn to reapproach that side of things. And you're right. Like they're not patient. Like they want to be where like I'm at within less time and they kind of get there. Like they really know how to navigate and like figure out how can I get from A to B in a faster way. And I look back on myself and I was like such a like timid hairdresser. I didn't feel adequate for a very long time. Um, there was these, you know, hairdressers I looked up to, which meant I felt less than, and I was like, how am I ever going to get to where they want or to where they are right now? And I think that that was almost how things used to be told. That was again, a narrative that was told to us when we were doing hair 18 years ago. Exactly. I mean, but we're also in the area era of like handing out business cards, you know, like, I mean, I remember walking around the shopping center and like introducing myself, you know, where now it's like, just post some pretty pictures and like show up, you know, show your face and like people are like, Oh, I like her. And I like the hair that she does. And I mean, I remember the first two years just being happy if I got more than two clients in my chair a day, but I also was terrified because there wasn't the amount of education that there is now. I mean, you know, people come out of school now and you can just sit online for free and learn so much. So it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's a different time that we're in and we didn't have Instagram for instance. Like I remember moving to Dallas seven years ago and Instagram wasn't what it is today. And I was going to the, to the mall, handing out business cards, growing my business, approaching strangers, asking them if they want to have their hair done. (laughs) Yep. So I did it. It was kind of crazy, but now it's interesting now. So when I have my assistants working with me, they're responsible for bringing models in to get live hands-on education. And if they 
don't happen to have a large pool of people to work with, I'm always like, okay, well, get yourself out there, go approach somebody, ask them if they'd like to be a model for you. And that is terrifying. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> they're like, you mean I have to talk to someone? I don't know. I'm like, right. okay, this is where we differentiate ourselves. <laughs> well, I mean, we grew up where like, we couldn't text somebody. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you had to make a phone call. And it's funny because I, I have a weird phone phobia, which is very ironic that I do a podcast now. <laughs> like I won't even call and order pizza, like still to this day. Like I have called, my husband has been out of town and I have asked him to call and order pizza for me to the house. Cause you know, but now you can do it all online. So like, it's great. But like, I don't know why I have that considering I grew up in a time where like, if you wanted to talk to somebody that wasn't right in front of you, you had to like pick up the phone where now yeah. it's like, that's, I mean, it's only something bad is happening. If I see like my phone go off and it's an actual phone call. <laughs> like, you know? Oh my gosh. That is so funny. I sometimes <laughs> like phone calls better than texting. However, I notice myself in my suite. I text my clients versus call yeah. my clients. Right. Um, and it's not intentional. I think it's just the easiest form of communication. So everything is written. Everything's in written form now and verbal communication is not really what it once was. Well, I think for a lot of people, it's comfortable. The texting is more comfortable. I mean, even for clients, like I know the older generation would call me and then I would text them back, you know, and I was very clear about that's how I like to communicate one, because I like to see what was said between me and the client, like, I, you know, yeah. Um, I like to have proof that I told you about this time or, you know, you knew whatever. Um, but it, I don't know, it's just interesting. And like, it's funny talking to people now who are nervous about, um, like the voice recording. They are, isn't that yeah. weird? Yeah. And it's like, I just find that super easy now as well. Like just record it real quick, especially if it's longer. Um, and some people just don't they don't want to do that. Like there's something about, I don't know why, maybe they think they're going to say something stupid. Probably the same reason I don't like to make phone calls. Yep. Yep. You know? Like I'm going to call pizza and they're going to tell me, no, you can't order pizza. I don't know. I don't know like why, <laughs> I don't know why it's a thing I don't like to do, but <laughs> yeah, it's communication. And I think that just like people don't like going live on Instagram, they don't like to be seen. It's vulnerability. It's, I think it's revealing something to them about themselves that they're uncomfortable with. Which is interesting because people are looking for that vulnerability now, Yeah, you know? And it's like, I, I think the judgment, I think everyone's just very scared to be judged. Um, I mean, even now, like I talk about money, like I trigger people mm. and there are times where I'm like, should I not be triggering people? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I, tr it's a hard, I have to remind myself that like, again, the people that are meant to be in my space will be in my space. You know, if, if I'm pissing someone off, you know, by saying, don't waste your money, like then they're not meant to be in my space. You know what I mean? Like, um, and it's, a, a, I have to remind myself all the time, you know, because it's, it's hard putting yourself out there in general, you know, and like in a way, putting yourself out there and saying, Hey, like me. Yep. You yep. know, it's scary. Oh, that's a really good point. It is. It's all about acceptance. Like if I'm seen, if I'm heard, or am I, am I going to sound stupid? Are they going to judge me? And are they going to like me? And I, I can say the older I get, I'm 30, how old am I? 37 years old. Um, I'll be 38 soon. Like the older I get, the less I give a shit about what people think of me. Yeah. And even more so since I've stepped away from my team, which 
stepping away from a team was really, really hard. I cried a lot, but mind you, when I left my salon, just because it was a, it was a new chapter for me, but at the same time, I care less now about what people think of me, even on Instagram. Like I'm like, I really don't care how many likes I get. I don't care how many people approve of what I'm doing. Like it doesn't matter because as long as it's filling my cup up and as long as I feel good about what I'm doing. And obviously I've self-checked myself. I'm not just being a jerk all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um it's it's empowering to have that confidence, but obviously not have the arrogance. There's a difference. And I think that some people I think some people like really can like self-assess a little bit more and, you know, maybe reduce the arrogance. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know anyone in particular. I'm not thinking of anybody, but just in general, like there's a, there's a humble way of being confident. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. And it's funny because I feel like I've always been somewhat of a confident, maybe it's the Aries in me as well, but Mm -hmm. I've always had that feeling of, I just want people to like me and not everyone. I don't care if everyone likes me, but the people that I like, I want them to like me. Yeah. You know, it's like, I really resonate with you. Like, I want to be your friend. Why don't you want to be my friend? <laughs> like, yeah. And it's interesting um, in an online space because I think I want to be these people's friends, but maybe I don't really know them. Maybe I don't, you know? And it's like this perception, um, you know, that we see. It, it's interesting. It, it almost has like, um, in, now that I'm older, like a high school vibe to it sometimes. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I could Um, see that. I could see that. So when I was first entering into the online space and truly showing up and saying, I'm a coach, I, all I wanted was to be liked mm -hmm. by people following me, of course, but most importantly from people that I respected and people that I saw were doing the same thing. And I think the first year that I was really going through this, I just was so like, I just want friends, like a little dog paddling through water. And I would reach out to people and I would kind of feel rejected and I would take it personally and I'd feel bad about myself. And I think it just took me understanding, like everyone who's online building a business is focusing on what they're, what they're doing. Like they don't all have to be my friend and they don't have to like what I'm doing and support what I'm doing and stop, essentially stop taking it so personally because right. we're all, we're all doing our own thing. So instead of looking at what everyone else is doing, it took a lot of discipline for me. Like, okay, focus on what you're doing and really start creating more what you're doing and allow your pool of people to just naturally form. Right. And when I kind of changed that, it, my pool of people showed up. I now have mm-hmm. some of my best friends that I've connected with through social media that we like mess voice message back, or we have phone calls, you know, hopefully one day we can meet in person, which I do get to meet you in person soon, which is really, really cool. Yes, we actually, when this airs, we will be together in Tulum. We will. (laughs) We will. I'm so excited about that. So it just took time to really find my my tribe per se. Right. But it took me like letting go of the expectations of who those people were supposed to be and just showing up as myself and and drawing that in. Law of attraction. Yeah. And turning it back to hair, I mean, I think it's a natural progression with anything. Um, like, I mean, even, you know, as a stylist, it's like you want, you think you want everyone to want to come to you. Right. And then, um, maybe somebody leaves you for whatever reason, and then you feel personally attacked by it, even if it's not something that was your fault. Um, and then again, you kind of get to a point in your career where you're like, you know what, like, it's not personal, it's business, you know, and, and you're, you're okay with it. And I think that, I think it's the same natural progression with like coaching or the online space or, you know, whatever, really anything, anything you start Mm -hmm. doing. 
Cause I know getting into coaching now, it's like, I have to like remind myself the same shit that I reminded myself when I was doing hair, you know? And it's like, wait, it's the same. Like, why are you thinking differently now? Like, you know, so it's, I think it's a growth thing, you know, it's a personal growth thing. It totally is. And when you're, when you're in a place of like pushing yourself completely, like for you, you stepped away from doing hair and you're now like, I'm, I'm really two feet into coaching. And it kind of reminds me uh, when I was moving from Indianapolis to Dallas, like I went two feet in with no clients. Like it's very humbling. It feels vulnerable. It's uncomfortable. Although you have this confidence knowing like, okay, here's, here's how great I am because I, I know what I'm capable of doing. How, how do I show up in this space and prove myself to these people? Like, I know what I'm doing. Please either come work with me or come, come see me as a stylist. It's that's the hard part is really not getting your own feelings hurt right? <laughs> and, and really getting creative with how you are showing up. So people are wanting to come into your space and it's feels safe to them as well, too. Cause I think that was my own shortcoming when I first showed up on the online space is I didn't feel confident, but I was showing up and I think my messaging completely was weird and I was weird. Right. <laughs> that's why things weren't happening the way I wanted them to happen. Well, and it comes down to looking for outside validation, Yes, you know, in any sense of it. I mean, it's, you know, I know that I'm okay. Like I'm pretty good. Like I want other people to know. And, but it's, I don't, I don't know. We have to just approach it differently. Like I know what I bring to the table. And like I said, whoever is meant to show up for it will show up for it. And you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mental work, man. It is. And so much of the work that we do in our businesses so intertwined with us and our stories that we bring into it. And this is where I get really curious with the work that I do with myself is kind of figuring out like, okay, why am I feeling this way about whatever situation it is? Where is this really stemming from? Why is this affecting me? Like, how can I detach from that story? And it's gotten, it's really interesting because I I remember going down the personal development hole and like three years ago, four years ago now with um, the work I started doing and I asked my then boyfriend, now husband, I said, you know, when does this ever stop? And he started laughing. He's like, this doesn't stop. Like you're, you're going to continue <laughs> down this hole until, until you're done, until you're done here on earth, which I'm like, wow, I feel like I have so much more to learn. And that's, I think where sometimes I'm going to circle back around to the beginning of our conversation where sometimes the imposter syndrome comes up. I'm like, I still don't know enough because the more I find out, the less I know at the same time, the more I find out, the more I educate myself, the more I have to share. So it's this catch 22 of showing up in this coaching space. And it's almost like the curse of knowledge where we know so much, we kind of forget how much we know yet. We also know we know so little. Right. Right. Yeah. It's funny. Cause, um, I'm a, I've always been a self-reflective person. At least I thought I was. And then the more, you know, I, I found Brene Brown and just like, oh, yeah. ugh, Renee. life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because like, even now, like I'll hear one quote or one paragraph or something. And I'm like, I will learn something about myself in that one thing where it's like, wait, I thought I really knew myself. And it's like, oh my God, like, like something happened um, recently where like, I realized something about my whole life in one situation, Mm. you know? And it's like, I don't know. It's like, you think that you're done, you know, but you're never done. Yeah. You're never done. 
No, you're never, you're never done. Just when you're like, oh, I know myself so well. You're like, what the hell? Exactly. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, I think about my grandparents though. And I'm like, do they sit around and and like self-reflect at this point? Or like, do you get to a point in your like eighties, nineties where you're like, no, I'm good. (laughs) That's a good question. I know my grandma, she started drinking more the older she got. She's like, no, I'm good. That's so funny. (laughs) So funny. Um, Yeah. Oh man. So you are in the high powered Academy with me, which I'm super, super really excited. We haven't really started yet, but, um, what are you hoping to get out of it? I am really, I shared with you guys in the group. I'm really excited about the community aspect of it and connecting with other like-minded stylists, because I feel like we're like these little gems that are like so far apart in the physical space that it's nice to, for all of us to be together in one area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really exciting to me. And I think secondly, I'm really just looking for, like for me, I want to scale my coaching business. I want to find tools. Um, it really is just for me a, work, a year of growth and expanding and not having an attached expectation to that. Just right. whatever comes of it comes of it. Um, because I do, I feel very personally, I feel very excited about this year ahead and I'm not one that watches the news. I'm not one that really gets tied up into politics. I'm a Canadian, so I can't vote. So I'm like, whatever, not my problem right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like, I have my own little circle my own little like world that I live in that it's like, how can I empower and grow and, you know, show up more impactfully. So that's just my purpose this year is just to be expansive and impactful and create connection. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I'm going to talk about the news for a second. I don't watch the news like at all. Um, I stopped watching it a long time ago. And uh, the other day I went for a walk and it was the day of the Capitol situation. Yep. And um, I watched the news that day for like an hour and my husband comes home and I said, you know what? I just, I don't, I need to stop watching this. I need to go for a walk. And so I popped in my headphones and I grabbed my dog and we walked down the street and it was great. It was a beautiful day. It was, you know, I was happy. I was listening to music and everything was fine. And then I turned down this one street and do you know, in movies where like maybe somebody's lonely on Christmas and they walk down a street and they see families in all the windows, you know what I mean? Like, I turned down this one street and every house either had the news on, like you could see in the big window, or they were working on a computer in front of the window, like working from home. Right. And, you know, this, we're recording this in January and it's been a year of, um, you know, everyone knows 2020. And um, it was the weirdest moment where I realized when I looked to my left and I looked to my right, I felt immediate anxiety, anxiety, like Mm. the heaviness of 2020 was literally right there. But when I looked straight at the sunset and heard my music, I was immediately calm. Mm -hmm. And it was this weird moment of like, I don't have to feel this way. Mm -hmm. Like I can look in my direction and I can, and that is okay. And, and it was, it was, I like literally came in the house and told my husband, like, I just had like a weird spiritual situation happen. (laughs) So I think for anyone listening, like, you know, if you feel heaviness, like it's okay to turn it off. Like you don't have to sit in the heaviness, you know? That was such a, honestly, as you're sharing that story, I could visually see everything that you were speaking of. And that's really interesting. Cause if you, you think about one being hairdressers were super creative, and we, we get the opportunity to think differently than most already. 
at the same time, we also get the opportunity to really choose our thoughts and choose our reality. And I love it. You said like, when you looked ahead, you saw this like beautiful opportunity picture, beautiful sunset, all the things like you, we, we have permission mm-hmm. to really like what I call ignorance is bliss. We have permission to be as ignorant as we want to be, you know, still keep, keep yourself in tune with what's happening in your actual area, but right there you can get your dreams stifled and your vision like completely blurred if you are focusing on the wrong things. And that can be used in so many different ways. Like that could be a metaphor for all places in your life. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. That was really yeah. empowering, empowering, excuse me. And I could feel the spirituality of that as well too, because that was just a divine, you were supposed to be there at that time to see all that. Yeah, it was strange. I'm not like a spiritual person necessarily. And like, it was just like a weird, like, it it felt like that. It felt like I needed that. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was interesting, but it was like a movie. It was like outer body experience or something. It was very weird, but, but anyway, yeah. So if you're listening, I just, you know, it's, it's okay. Don't be bullied into feeling like you have to, you know, pay attention if, if it's hurting you mentally. And that, I mean, I'm not going to bring us back to social media because that's where a lot of us hang out. Yeah. Like if you follow somebody who is maybe talking about politics or doing something that makes you question yourself, like mute them, like you have permission to edit who you listen to and see. And if it triggers you take a step away, like it's okay to do that. And that's again, when I talk about creating space for myself, it's even creating space about who I surround myself with, not just my work schedule. And not just my home life, but it's like in all aspects, like how can I chase that feeling that I'm really, really wanting within my life easier and allowing myself to create greater financial abundance and freedom within my schedule. Like it's really just combining those puzzle pieces. And that's where I get really excited for myself is like figuring out how to get that. Like, how do I get there? Yeah. Cause it all comes together. Like, you know, yeah. home life, like family work. I mean, it all, it all intertwines, you know? Yeah. It's a flow, not a balance, I think, you know? Yeah, it is a flow. It's an ebb and a flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where can people find you, Laura? So you can find me first and foremost on Instagram. It's my name. So Laura underscore Simmons, spelled with a Y. And then I have a Facebook group for hairstylists as well, too, called the Elevated Hairstylist. I'm going to be doing a rebrand this year. So I may be pivoting. I shouldn't say maybe. I will be pivoting my name, but I haven't solidified that yet. So I'm not going to throw that out there, but when that happens, and if you're following me, you guys will know when that goes down. Um, so yeah, that's where I have most of my offerings is on those two platforms because this girl here is real behind. I'm making a, a website. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure that out one day. I'll get there. There you go. Hey, yeah. hire someone to do it. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> and yours is beautiful. I love it. Thank you. I need to uh, work on it a little bit, but you know, add it to the list. Um, Laura, thank you for coming on here and being real and having this conversation with me. This is what I love about this podcast. Well, thank Um, you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoy like your, your realness of just how you approach it. So thank you. And I will see you in Tulum. Yes. Sunshine. (laughs) Ah, I hope you enjoyed. It's always so refreshing to talk to somebody who isn't scared to get vulnerable, um, and be their authentic selves. So if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and share it on Instagram. Leave a review if you feel so inclined. Don't forget to tag me at underscore Misty Jane underscore. And I will talk to you on the next one.